You're tuned in to the So Creative Podcast, a leading podcast for photographers, videographers, and leaders in the visual arts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the So Creative Podcast. In this episode, we have our guest from the Philippines, Ms. Kim Montoya, a food photographer. Hello, Kim. Hello. Hello, guys. Thank you for joining nice us. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yes. We're so happy to nice have to you see here. <laughs> <laughs> this is very interesting, guys, because we're going to be talking about food photography. And I'm not sure if you don't love food, like, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So I know, like, we've actually got into photography a few years ago because we really, like, talked about that earlier. But how did you actually get into food photography? Like, let's start with that. Like, oh, yeah, how right. did the journey go? Okay, well, actually, I only got my first DSLR like during 2016. My boyfriend gave me a starter camera because mm. he's a photographer. So I got like this. I actually have it in front of me because I actually can't memorize the names. It's an EOS Rebel SLI. <laughs> so. Actually, when yes. I got that, I was really worried because I do not know how to work a camera. So I'm actually an interior designer by profession. And it took a while for me to learn how to use it a long time. Like even just using the Zoom and focus, like it was pretty hard. But my job as an interior designer is actually mainly focused on designing in restaurants. So that's how I kind of ended up being more geared towards food styling and like food photography because you know I'm always like surrounded with food because like usually when I design for my clients there would always be some food tasting and I always had to look for inspiration and like mood boards for restaurants and obviously when you look for restaurants there's also like food involved <laughs> when you look <laughs> at the inspiration so yeah I thought it kind of uh, came naturally in a sense, which happened actually more last year when the pandemic started because, you know, I was already starting to take photos of food, but it kind of became more professional, I guess, when the pandemic started because I didn't have to go out <laughs> and can't really do anything else. Like, I used to, like, take travel photos, but can't really do that <laughs> during the pandemic. So I ended yeah. up taking photos of the things that I ate and the things that I made and I was lucky enough to have a lot of clients that I actually started asking to like hey can I you know take photos of your food for free yeah <laughs> and, uh -huh. and then you know did you get free food did you get free food okay that's the best part of being a food photographer let me tell you this is the best part <laughs> getting free food also to the point of being a problem because you're like oh my god i can't eat this food like i don't have space in my fridge that i i think my family actually enjoyed it as well because i had to like send the food to them as well <laughs> i don't want it to go to waste so that's how it kind of ended up <laughs> yes it came it sort of came naturally, I guess, because of your interior design job with restaurants. So it went naturally yeah, to like, there. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah, speaking of though, like you did say that you've been also like doing 
traveling, photography. So I was just wondering if you've noticed like something different about food photography, something unique to food photography compared to other kinds of photography. Oh, that definitely. So the one thing I liked about food photography was it's definitely a controlled type of form of art compared to um, doing travel photography or street photography. So I yeah. initially started just using natural light, which was kind of hard because, you know, the sun and like the clouds, they usually just move and yeah. it's hard to control your subject. I initially thought that I would end up doing architectural photography. The first lens that I actually fell in love with was I have it here because I haven't memorized the lens. It's a wide angle lens. It's a Tamron SP 10 to 24 mm wide angle lens. And mm. it was perfect for me because I was actually like really used to um, making perspectives in SketchUp. I don't know if you were a program for uh, interior design. Mm. So it's Autodesk, yeah. AutoCAD. So it's part of my job to do perspectives. And I thought when I used this lens, I was like, yo, I can do this. <laughs> this is like, I got this, like taking the angles, like piss. it's so easy to distort the image with wide angle lenses. Yeah. But yeah, when, when it's an interior, like, <laughs> like I, I, for me, I was like, yo, this is like how I do things on my computer. Oh. And then I found out about HDR. <laughs> like I learned what HDR is, and it was I would I think we were in Bangkok. There was this rest hotel called One Three Seven Tour Suites. It's a boutique yes. hotel, and I was just looking. So before we went there, I was researching for hotels, and I was like. Yo, this photo is amazing. Like, I don't know. Is this like 3D or is it real? And then my boyfriend explained to me, no, that's actually like HDR. So oh. I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> and then that was like my first technique that I learned. And I know it's like easy to overuse HDR, but yeah, that was that was my favorite thing because I was able to like control, like I could take all of the photos of like dark shadows and then the back, like I could control mm. like what it could put in so it was like composite images but then yes. the pandemic happened and it's really hard <laughs> to you know find more subjects interior wise or travel photos yes and when you're in like a really small room like there's only so much you can do unless it's actually food or product photography which is like very small mm. objects yeah. and so that's how i kind of liked it more because I actually yes. like collecting a lot of doodads and props from because uh, usually I would like just buy these plates and these pots and like I don't really use them. <laughs> but then when I found out that you could actually use this for food styling, like yeah, um, set design, I was actually aiming yeah. for set design. But then again, space you can't really like put that in like a yeah. room, like a small room. Like yeah, that's not like a big studio. Hmm. So I actually love like, that because that's uh, yeah. Like yeah, it's like it's it's really nice. Like I I had like this problem of I want different settings, but I have problems with space and location. And food photography is actually like was able to like to <laughs> provide me with the option of creating instant gratification with the shots, and I have like all control with all of the elements that like I can control the lighting, 
like everything is like by my hand like i used to bake all the food and make all the food but obviously like it, it somehow kind of got harder as it went because you know you have to make the food and then you have to clean up so <laughs> i was like trying to figure out like how can this be easier <laughs> imagine like cooking for two hours and then you have to set up this shot and then you have to wash yes. dishes after so i i <laughs> yeah so i had the, to, like, the hard part it, no one it was it. It was actually piling up like the mess of like this is this is kind yeah. of hard. So I had to like find people who had the food, and then uh, you know, yeah. you want That's... me to take a photo of that food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a great example of like creativity, like during the the pandemic, you know, and kind of mm -hmm. making the most of like <laughs> what, what you, you have, have. The, the limited space, and like oh, we're c I can't go out, so just you know, just started taking these fantastic shots of food. Yeah, yes, like, exactly. Like, I mean, I think that's the one thing that we all actually collectively ended up doing the most was eating during the pandemic. So I kind of like <laughs> <laughs> took the best out of that and kind of turned it into a productive endeavor. <laughs> yes. That was very beautiful, though, and I didn't know. I forgot that the hardest part was actually the cleanup. <laughs> oh yeah, the cleanup is. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a messy person in general. Yeah, <laughs> like it's really hard when like the plates pile up. It, it is kind of that is the, the major struggle of food photography. Is like you, you really have to prepare before the shot because like it can end mm. up chaotic if like a specific spoon is placed or like this doesn't match the background or like oh my gosh yeah. I need, like i need to like make this very glisten a little bit so i have to like run into the kitchen and then put like a drop <laughs> on it just so it has like a better reflection so it it does get chaotic yeah. and i all i it does kind of end up like a mess behind the scenes <laughs> that no one actually could you give us an uh can you give us a a, a rundown of like what your process is for you know, from maybe telling us starting with how you generate your ideas and when the identity, when you get an idea for like a shot you want to take right up until what happens till, till clean up, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it, it varies sometimes. So it's very different if it's like a personal creative work compared to like a client-based work because when it's a client-based one, they usually, we would usually um, interview them and find out if they have like specific requirements. So that one is very, you know, they, they have a product to sell, so you must focus on their branding. But when it's it, mm. like, what would you want me to answer? Like, is it the client-based one or the personal one? Because, like, they're kind of very different as well. I think a lot of our, our kind of audience are, like, you know, photographers and, uh, you know, web photographers. I think maybe if you started with the, the kind of, the like, the client-based work, that would be kind of yeah. interesting because so, a lot of people be keen and interested like how to get into or client client based work actually and getting yeah you know, yeah yeah so usually so it, in terms of it being a if it's a creative process compared to like the business side of it but since I actually have an associate with me who handles the clients her name's Jane mm. she's actually my neighbor she's like a hi Jane she's, <laughs> <laughs> oh Jane um, but she's not here <laughs> she she would usually brief the client first of what the products are so this is like a very uh, professional way of handling it because with regards to uh, food photography 
there's like a specific timeline and you know mm. budget and yeah. obviously expectation set. So first they would like we we would ask for like what the requirements are. Like, do you want it to be a clean shot? Do you want it to be dark? How do you want this shot to be like very? There, is there going to be a lot of food styling? Is it going to be clean? Is it going to mm. be um, dramatic or is it going to be creative? And then when they pick like we would actually give like sample shots that i took and then you know they would pick that mood and then that's how i would get a gauge of what they're expecting and then yeah. when i about to start it, it is a, a bit of a ritual because you have to like ask for what the food is going to be first because you have to like understand like what would complement this food as a background because uh, there's a lot going on like the background the, the boards and then the plates yes a lot of problems with regarding the plateware is reflections so you have to like pick mm. like matte plates or matte like yeah. props i mean yeah they're good reflective surfaces and there are like bad ones like you really have to like test shot all of the materials that you use yes for the shot and then sometimes i would do test shots first without the food so it's not mm. as chaotic because it can it can get messy because i have like a prop station and you you can really grow your prop collection i have a problem with storing my um plates and my it's just like that's that that thing behind my like it's it's a big like chest a, yeah like that's just oh, wow. the chest for like the spoons and forks and the candles and the the scissors yeah. and the the twine like there's so yeah. many like new ones little items that i actually really enjoy collecting but then if you have like 20 items in front of you it can get messy because that's not even including the light setup or yes exactly you know like the fabric and like the spoon and forks and like the food included in the shot so the studio can get chaotic and if you're like a one-man team it's kind of hard because like you know how it, it can get like if it's just a human subject obviously you, you have your your makeup artist or stylist yeah you know, lighting yeah. Team. but then i'm just alone so i have to make sure that everything is in its place so it doesn't get chaotic and the food like sometimes you you do accidentally like drop the plate <laughs> even no. like, if, if your lighting is set up yeah it's happened like oh no that's like hours yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it, it, it can get like really chaotic and and time can really pass you by because you know when you're trying to get the, the right lighting on something and especially if the subject is like really small and you have like yeah. pretty big soft boxes you have to like be able to control that and like mm. it gets involved <laughs> so yeah so i do test shots and then obviously i have to try to see what type of angle it would work best like it could be mm. a flat yeah. lay or front shot or like a 45 degree angle like mm. like if it's if the food is like round it's really nice to have like a flat lay shot of it if there's like layers like the front shot would be better. I think it's it's interesting because it's like food. I mean, we all kind of experience food, but you have to like be able to make sure the food kind of looks really good to eat. 
<laughs> and it's kind of hard to do that if you're just translating it with images and lighting and mm. it, it, it does involve a lot of research as well like what complements a specific type of food like if i have a let's see like a sandwich if i have to take a photo of a sandwich you have to tell a story of how it's made like you have to mm. prop the food props like there should be like fresh tomatoes and like like a yeah it has to look like it's an a moment in time that you're about to serve the food to someone else mm. and i don't know does that make sense <laughs> it's hard to yeah because um, i actually i actually read your article about the pancakes and then you put in like the berries there that's supposed to be part of like the pancake and the yeah the, yeah the little the little ingredients that that hints of like what the pancake is made of i was like okay yeah. like, i don't even think about these things <laughs> when i but see a photo like, like you have to be able to tell a story of like what had happened in that yes, like, little in one photo like, they don't really like it, it's funny because like it's not a real set but you, you kind of have to convey that it's in a kitchen or in like a yeah or yes. location somewhere in Europe yes. or in Asia like and a lot is at play but it really is interesting that it all comes together and translates with just like the right amount of lighting and props yes so <laughs> I don't know does that all make sense <laughs> kind of gets mm. chaotic at times which which of your shots are you kind of proudest of like which one just went right and you're like Oh, like, um, perfect when it happens. I I think the, the first shot that I really was like, oh my god, like I can't believe I did this. Was it's not actually a food. Well, it is technically food. It's a, a jack o' lantern shot I did. Oh. It was the first time I carved a pumpkin for Halloween. A pumpkin. There's a, yeah, because I really like um, dark photography. I started out with really dark photography. Rembrandt lighting and chiaroscuro, like, but you know, eventually you have to like learn how to do the other types of lighting. But that one, I was really proud of it because it took a lot of effort to create this mood. I had to use a humidifier to create because I don't have a fog machine, <laughs> but I had to use a humidifier to create fog. I don't know if you'll see yes. it on my Instagram page, but and then uh, we had to put, we had to use candles to light up the oh. the jack-o'-lantern and then there was like a lot of lights <laughs> that i had to set up it was hard <laughs> because the funny thing with like dark photography is you actually use a lot of lights really? sometimes ah. yeah it, it, it involves a lot of foam boards and scrims mm. and sometimes you end up like if you don't have a another person there to help you set up things like you you have to learn how to use tripods and c-stands to hold things up yes. and to make sure like the sliver of light passes through and it doesn't bounce back against the wall and if you have like mm. a small room like and it's white then you know it becomes a reflector so you have to like figure out like okay um how do i make that wall not reflect the light from my softbox and how mm. do i make this look like it it's like a it's like a creepy room or like a dark room how do you make that work with the yes. limited amount of hands 
and um, that you have lighting that you have. <laughs> so I think that was a, I think that was like the first time I was like really happy with how I was able to control light because light in photography is like really important. Like mm. it's the one thing that I think really brings everything together. I mean, that's that's the whole concept of photography, anyways. Like you know, capturing light. <laughs> Capturing light, yes, exactly. Yeah, you were were talking about, like, you were talking about food photography being so controlled. And now that I look back at the article that you were saying, you saw so many, like, boards controlling all the lights that sliver through. Because when I was just looking at the photos, it it looked like natural light, like, coming from a window. But when I saw the setup, I was like, oh, my God, this looks so complicated than than I imagined. There's so many boards going on, and the room had so many, like, like stuff around it. So I guess that's what you meant, like, how to control the the bouncing of the lights. So I didn't know that um, so much work actually went through that one shot that looks so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's hard. You can't really, like, tell the amount of... Like, it's kind of like a play, you know? Like, stage design. Yeah. You don't really know what's going on behind, behind. all of the curtains. Like, there, there's definitely a lot of work. But it's actually the most fun as well. Like, when things actually go according to plan... And sometimes it's accidental as well. Like, you, you take a shot mm. and you're like, whoa, this actually looks really nice. I mean... Because there's a lot to consider, like, you know, how bright your flash is and your aperture, like, how much focus yes. do you want, like. And then another thing I like about food photography is you can actually modify it afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. you can stack the photos. It's a good creative outlet for me, especially since, mm-hmm. as an interior designer, it takes months for one project yes. to finish. Yeah, And to be able to accomplish, like, a shoot in, like, Two hours to let's say four that's actually like very satisfying as a creative person because your instant gratification of being able to see what you did with your hands and for your eyes and then it's over and then it's done and then you can move on compared to like yeah uh, construction that takes six can take months months, <laughs> months. so like it's it, it's like it's a slow burn type thing but with photography yes when you edit it and it's out there you're good like you can move on and you can like explore more so mm-hmm. i do really like that aspect of this type of photography it's, it's very satisfying for you to be. Mm. yeah so the, the feeling of like getting through it faster than your the way your interior design work goes <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah so you were met you were actually mentioning like lenses a while ago and the cameras that you use so you've mentioned like the current camera that you use already that it was oh um what was it again no actually yeah. this was a what was it again this is my first it's a eos oh, rebel sli that's the first yeah. so this was my first this this pop my cherry is that like a <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it actually gave up on me because i overused it we were in a trip oh. and i think it was in hong kong was it and then a boyfriend got me another one, which is an EOS 77D. And this mm. one is what I use now. Mm. And it's been very, it's awesome because it has a Wi-Fi feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I can, that's like the best part, honestly. Like transferring your photos to your phone or your iPad, like it's really, you know, <laughs> you just want to like just edit it and then like you can't because you have to like insert it to your laptop. But this is like one of my oh. favorites. 
features of it. A more smarter one. And yeah, and then my recent um, lens that I am really in love with right now because it's amazing. It's, I'm sorry, I really didn't memorize the name, so I'm just going to read it out. <laughs> it's a, a ES-70. <laughs> um, well, the names lens. are complicated, so. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's a part how to memorize it. Like it's, like it's someone... funny because we come across two types of photographers. There's like really like you know because the weeks we we sell the the cameras. And they're, like, they're really like gear nerds. Like yeah. you know like there's really nothing. And then there's just the artist who doesn't even know yeah. the gear, doesn't know the name. Like, look, I just can't like, have that much information in my head. Like I've memorized. Yeah the stair riser and the height of the door frame. So I don't have that mm. much space in my brain right now, but I do know <laughs> what aperture I need. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, honestly, well, there's like, I thought that it didn't matter. I mean, initially I thought that the gear mattered, you know, the gear mm. is important, but look, I started like with a beginner camera with the starter lens. And yes. without any knowledge of like the artificial lighting, and yes. I fell in love with that. Like you, you don't really need very specific gear to take mm -hmm. a good shot, like composition and lighting, and just being able to capture the image in your in your eye in your brain mm -hmm. is, makes a difference. It's not it's not about gear, but it does help. Like it does help when you already know what you're doing. It's like there's a lot of control that happens when you have yeah. a specific shot in mind. If you want it to be a really macro shot or like when it's, you want like real good detail or the bokeh or mm. if it's for film, obviously you need those more intense lenses. But I think for beginning hobby or in terms of getting, learning how to do photography, it doesn't matter what you start with. I think it matters what you, mm. what you end up with. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. But but speaking of speaking of like it doesn't matter though like I was wondering if there is a camera that you're eyeing for like a dream camera like oh my god I wish like I had <gasps> this camera right now. You know, I I honestly don't have a dream camera. I do have a dream lens which would be a hundred mm. But like oh really? I I realized that I with this one now I I'm already having a hard time. Like if you have you don't have the space or you know like you need space for those types of lenses, but it would be great to yes. use that. But it depends again on what you're gonna use it for. You know, like mm -hmm. if you're not gonna be able to use something, like I would want to be able to use a camera obscura that they used before. Like that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. But I think it all matters what you're trying to take a photo. I, the important part is actually doing the photo. It's not the Mm. It's <laughs> yes, like yeah. I, I like I spoke to a photographer like a while ago. Like what she actually said was yeah. like the most important camera is like the one that you actually have with you like all the time. Yeah, because like it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I can't fantasize about a camera because like I have one right now. Like I only changed my camera because this one stopped working. <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah. really need to change it if it didn't. Yeah. Like. And also, like, I, I wouldn't know the difference between another lens if I haven't actually tried it yet. So I can't really say that I want, like, a different brand or a Leica or a Nikon or Sony because I haven't tried it. Maybe when I try it, 
But that's the problem with cameras is like it is expensive. You know, it, it is an investment. Like you really need to get a feel out of it. Like it's kind of like your phone that you get used to. Like even if you try a lens at a store, you're not never gonna get a feel of it if you don't play with it. Like you get a relationship with your camera. If that makes sense, like kind of learn how to use it. Like there's yes. a flow with my, like I have different lenses that I use for specific types of shots that I want. And I've been very grateful to have these types of lenses and you gotta learn how to make it work. <laughs> so there's that. I was actually uh, wondering, you know, the food photography, it, it's more like a niche thing, right? So I was wondering, how do you get your clients? Do you like, is there any particular thing or do you have some kind of, you know, forum or something? So how do you get your client or something like that? So honestly, because I, I think I was lucky enough to start in the food industry in terms of the hospitality, because I, I do restaurants. It initially started with like, uh, I asked my clients if I could take their photos. And then, you know, that's actually good. I just tagged my photos. I was lucky enough to have like inquiries from people like, my go-to style before was take my own photos of like food that I ordered or if I found like the specific mm. supplier and I thought, wow, this is really nice. Like I, yeah. there's this particular pastry chef, her name was Bakes by Maria. And then I ordered some cakes from her and beautiful, you know, and then I just tagged them because like it, it is mm. my personal account. It, it didn't start off yes. as something that I was planning on making lucrative. I mean, it was kind of a, it was a break for me for my job as an interior designer, it was really just for aesthetic purposes, sorry. And then I think if you are really diligent in posting or tagging people, yes. they, they will notice that. In terms of it being a niche community, I don't know, because I I thought, I do feel that there's actually a lot of food photographers out there. I, I feel like it might be getting saturated, but maybe it's because that's what I'm looking at on Instagram and the algorithm just keeps showing. Oh. Me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, <true>. yes, probably. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, I maybe it is, but I know that this industry is, it is growing because especially now it it's important to be able to uh, relay your products and during the pandemic, food has been really comforting for a lot of people. And a lot of mm -hmm. people started their businesses at home. Mm -hmm. So I think it is actually growing. I've seen like oh, a lot of startup food photographers as well here in Manila coming up mm. during the yes, pandemic. Yes. So I don't know if it's niche. Maybe, maybe it's just a good way to work from home as well. That's, that's, yes. that's one thing that's that I That's probably it also. That was good. And to eat. Yeah, like, yes. life. It's the best yeah. of life. You get to eat it, shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> yes, that's a nice exactly. motto. It's, not, it's never wasted. Yeah, that's a nice motto. That's, that's, a, nice. that's a very... <laughs> that's a very interesting job because um, you get to taste a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's definitely, I think, that has the best perks. The only uh, downside of it would be like if someone was waiting to eat it, like it would definitely be oh. cold by the time they had to eat it. Uh, I mean, uh, but you know, it can reheat it. Mm. I mean, you, you get to eat it while mm. you're shooting it as well. <laughs> 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 
It's like one one for the shot, one like a, yeah, one for my mouth. You gotta you gotta have like a. There's always like a. I imagine there's always like a behind every great shot. There's always like a, a half eaten <laughs> version. Definitely. Off to the, side. The, the, the interesting <laughs> is like the the. the Behind every over decorated cake, behind it is no decorations at all. Like, <laughs> you only no. eat the front side. <laughs> um, I actually had the problem of having too much cakes sent to me. Like, I had one time a friend of mine sent me 10 cakes. I was like, oh. it was insane. She was like, so she was my client, and is it 10 or 8? Something like that. It was the start of pandemic, and she started a new business. It was a uh, Liam's Cakes. And then mm. um, she was like, oh, can you take photos? And I'm like, sure, sure, just send them over. And then she sent eight. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was stressful because I had to take photos of them immediately. Like, usually I would, like, wait a day or yes. two because, like, I had to set it up. But that was, like, a yeah. really eight-track type of photo. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it melts, like, especially if yes. the cake has fruit like it's perishable mm. oh that's the, like the biggest downside of food photography, oh, food photography. Is yes you really want to be able to capture like the freshest ingredients but obviously mm. like it takes time so like sometimes i would prepare and order like get the herbs a day before or two days before or like i'll get some flowers mm. but then yeah. something happened like you had to do chores or you had to you know regular life happened and you had to like extend it a few days and then you had to like figure out how to make use or edit some not so fresh items you know like especially a raspberry that would be the hardest one to take a photo of raspberries really? they, they they do not they do not like last well in the fridge i think the the longest fruit that would last well in your fridge if you guys want to know the secret to food is the apples blueberries oh. and or oranges they, they will last you a month <laughs> oh no chance um, you can be a fruit specialist too i see a fruit yeah. specialist <laughs> you have to know the food and how it looks when you take a photo of it yeah, yeah definitely like tri um, tricks of the yeah, trade so right there oh. yes like you have to know the ins and outs of food yeah my, my fridge has ended up having different molds because of this because you have to like keep oh storing God. food and then yeah so you have to like learn how to really be organized and it, it is problematic mm -hmm. if you're not like me sometimes so anyway like we really want to talk to you more like there's so many interesting things about food photography that i didn't know about but one last note to leave to our listeners what would you leave them like if they want to venture into food photography and make money out of it like what advice would you give them that you would have given yourself i guess when you started out or like to anyone who wants to start out in food photography specifically if you want to try something new i think mm -hmm. you just have to do it i think that would be my mm -hmm. advice because there's always when you want to start something creative doing it is the best like the best way for you to learn that you can mm. I, I don't know is that does that make sense because it's yes. a learning process and you're always going to second doubt yourself but mm. you just have to keep on doing it and you have to keep practicing and mm. you have to give yourself 
space to experiment and learn your own style and be creative and enjoy it because it is really fun and it is really satisfying especially when you are able to help your clients convey or like capture their food which obviously you want to be able to do it is a great satisfying thing for me to be able to help other people I actually ended up doing this advocacy during the pandemic that I was giving free photos for startups that started mm. during COVID. Yeah. So I would yes, then give yeah. them these three to five free right. shots because like, you know, we're all in this together. It, you don't really know how happy it makes people feel when you capture their works of art. Like I've been able to like talk to people and see how much they appreciate the fact that you were able to take a photo of their even just cupcake. Like you were able to like, show them that it looks like this like you want to be able to help people out i mean you know it's, yes. it's, a, it's a great feeling when someone says that i can't believe my food looks like this when mm -hmm. that is how you see that food like you know yes. obviously in in fluorescent lighting it's not gonna look great but it it, it, mm. it should look like that i mean yeah <laughs> you know yes. like you your food is good and you want to be able to help these clients express what they can provide and they mm. did work hard for it and you're and it is a work of art as well so just just keep doing it and you'll find out what you can do I mean, <laughs> no, that's nice. <laughs> I guess that's you never advice. know unless <laughs> yeah you never know unless you yeah, actually just, do just start doing it Yes, just do it. Yeah, very practical too. <laughs> so um, doing thank it. you like, so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. Thank nothing. You so You've got nothing to lose. Thank you so much, Kim. And uh, we just wanna put it out there. Like, if people wanna reach out to you, like, where are they going to be able to reach you? Your socials, website. So I have a website. It's kimberlymontoya.com. But I also have an mm. Instagram page, which is Casa Montoya. It started out as a I've, I've only been recently trying to make it more of, of a business page that might be removing my personal accounts, but those are like the two <laughs> websites, the Instagram page, Casa Montoya, and then KimberlyMontoya.com, which has its a link where you can message me. Okay, so that's awesome, <laughs> you guys. If you want to reach out, yeah, to Kim Montoya and make your food look good, yes, and, you know, show to people that... You know your food that the food that you've worked hard on so maybe you want to reach her out or just fans maybe of like her work go to kimberlymontoya.com and casa montoya in instagram and uh kim thank you so much it's been an honor to have you thank here you so and to share nice yes. to see thank people you. it's so nice to see people during the pandemic <laughs> oh yes exactly <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your secrets with us like now we know all these things like every thank time you, you see food, you'll be like yeah oh my god like all that work came into this well, thank you so much to you and to everyone who's listening and hope we see you guys in our next episode. This is So Creative Podcast signing off. See you next episode. Thanks for listening to the So Creative. Like and subscribe to get updates on future episodes.